Hello, church family. What a beautiful, icy morning. And uh, again, uh, I'm usually one of the complainers about social media. However, I give thanks to God that because of social media, we are able to meet. So um, I got to, um, you know, admit that social media at times is good. Uh, and we need to give thanks to God for these wonderful advancements. Um, before I pray, I would like us to open up to Hebrews chapter 4. We'll be reading uh, from verse 1 through 13. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Um, I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. But before we read, I would like to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to give you thanks, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have done, Lord Jesus. You have truly been faithful to your church, your bride, O oh God. Even at times, O oh God, we ourselves give up on church, O oh God. We make excuses not to show up, not to come in, O oh Father. But one thing, O oh God, that the author of Hebrews uh, says to, the, to his audience, not to give up on the gathering of the saints, O oh Jesus. This is where we rub shoulders, O oh God. This is where iron sharpens iron, O oh God. This is where we pray for one another, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have called your church to pray for one another, to lay hands, to pray for healing, for restoration, O oh God. We have all been redeemed by your precious blood, O oh God. We all have been called, O oh God, to make disciples uh, for your kingdom, O oh Jesus. So we ask of you, O oh God, that you will continually empower us, O oh God, with your word, with your strength, O oh God. Help us not get distracted with the world, O oh Jesus, but let us keep our eyes on you the author and finisher of our faith, O oh God. Thank you for keeping us, O oh God. Like Pastor Reggie just prayed, O oh God. All those who are sick, O oh God, we pray, O oh God, as your word comes forth, O oh God, that it will do its work and heal them mentally, physically, O oh God. We pray for anyone who's struggling financially, O oh God, that you will lay their mighty, your mighty hands, O oh God, upon their finances, O oh God. Give them wisdom. Give them strength, O oh God. We know, O oh God, like James says, O oh God, that all good things come from you, Lord Jesus, and we are trusting you. In the name of your mighty Son, Jesus Christ, amen and amen. The Word of the Lord says in Hebrews chapter 4, and again in the New King James Version, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter in that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundations of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. 
Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of, of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, for all things are naked and open to the eyes of whom to we must give account. May the Lord continue blessing his word. The title of today's message, brothers and sisters, is The Word of God is Rest for Our Souls. Let me just uh, drink a little water here. Before we dive into the scriptures, I would like to give a background on the book of Hebrews, just to have a little um, uh, knowledge of what's going on. Um, the book of Hebrews was written to tell its original audience to persevere, keep going, focus, focus on our great high priest Jesus Christ, and run the race before us with patience. Although faithful in the past, Jewish Christians with renewed challenges and although confess Christ as Savior, face a new wave of persecution, tempting them to go back to Judaism. The writer of Hebrews exhorted them to remain strong in him, who is more significant than anything and anyone in the Old Testament. In order to uh, enter into uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, I would like to uh, again read some background on, and uh, start reading from Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, verse 16, and then we'll enter into Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. It says, For who having heard rebelled, this is verse 16 of chapter 3, For who having heard rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom has he, was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now we go into verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, again, um, these chapters are intertwined by uh, the word therefore. Since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. The word here rest, it's an interesting word. It is an interesting word. It says a change of state from activity or work, to a cessation from work that results in a feeling of refreshing tranquility, an absence of tension or worry, especially the one that God provides. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it reads, God's promise of entering, His rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Just like the writer of Hebrews was concerned that many of his audience, although faithful at one time, confessing Jesus Christ as Savior, Jewish Christians are now going back to Judaism due to persecution that we spoke in earlier. Many of us, brothers and sisters, tend to go back to the familiar when persecution or testing comes into our lives. The author of Hebrews tells his audience that the church today, and the church today, that God's promise of rest is not a one-time thing, one-time experience, or future heavenly experience, but it's an everyday Christian experience, even, even in midst of earthly persecution and chaos. You see, brothers and sisters, God wants us to rest. It, it, it's funny because um, 
uh, as Christians, we believe that, uh, we, yes, we need to carry our cross daily. We need to uh, hustle and bustle in this world. But there is rest. There is uh, an abundant life for the Christian. Unfortunately, when you hear the word abundant life, it's been uh, abused and abused. But God did not call us to live an abundant life for us to live in sorrow, in chaos, in confusion, in, um, in a constant struggle. Amen? Um, he wants us to have his rest. And his rest comes with, uh, again, free of worry, free of, of tension. And I believe today, God wants to let us know. But in order to be able to uh, receive what is promised, you know there's always obstacles that come into our lives. And we're going to be discussing a few of those obstacles that uh, the children of Israel had that kept them from seeking that rest. And our prayer today as a church leadership, as these examples come forward, if you find them in your heart, that you'll be able to deal with them. And if you listen to God's voice today, that you will not harden your heart. See, verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The first obstacle to finding um, rest in the Lord is unbelief. And again, although the word of God was spoken to the Israelites, as we just read, and today to the church, many hear it, but do not put their faith in it. So unbelief is the first obstacle that we find not only in the people of Israel, but also in our church today. The word trust here means strong confidence in and reliance upon someone or something, often with the object of trust understood. Do we have confidence in the word of God? Are we relying on the word of God? Are we trusting in him for every part of our lives? You see, brothers and sisters, the Bible, amen, that contains the word of God, it doesn't contain words about God. It contains the word of God. Amen? Psalms 119.89 in the New International Version says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. That's again Psalms 119.89. Psalms 119 uh, verse uh, 142 in the New King James Version says, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. That law is the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, in the New Living Translation says, Paul tells Timothy, all scripture, all means all, right, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing how powerful the word of God is for those who believe in it? Matthew 24, 35 in the New King James Version says, Heaven and earth will pass away. This is Jesus speaking. But my word will by no mean, means pass away. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. In the, again, the New King James Version. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Mm. Wow. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. Those are the words of um, the psalmist, the words of Paul, the great apostle. The word of God is the filter, brothers and sisters, where we put our thoughts. Our thoughts on gender roles, politics, marriage, relationships, finances, and our relationship with God. The word of God is what allows us to 
handle these challenges rightfully, knowing that God, it has God's uh, thumbprint on his word. As we go to verse 3, the, the writer of Hebrews says, For we have believed to enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my rest, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. And again, I love the NLT, and I'll be going back and forth. The New Living Translation says, For only we, and again we are in verse 3, For only we who believe can enter his rest. See, believers should be living a life of rest. Even rest in the midst of chaos. Rest doesn't mean um, uh, free of worry, right? Free of uh, drama. But when those things come, they shouldn't move us, brothers and sisters. They shouldn't take us out. They shouldn't keep us at home. They, uh, God's rest allows us to press through these things. Amen? So when we are struggling, we should press forward. Like the, again, the author of Hebrews says, running the race in patience with the Lord. So again, in, in, uh, in, in the New Living Translation, I'm reading, it says, and as for the others who, who didn't believe, God says, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my in my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. You see, the rest of the Lord has been around since the foundation of the world, since he created heaven and earth. Because God is a God of rest, of peace, of security. The term we who have believed is rendered we who are committed to believing and trusting the words God says. See, brothers and sisters, it's commitment. It's not only believing, it's commitment that no matter what happens, come hell or high water, I am committed to what God has to say about my life. Even with the stuff I don't agree with, and even the stuff I agree with. Amen? There has to be a commitment. Amen? And again, that is the key. If unbelief comes into our life, we need to come into the Word of God, believing, and stay committed. We can be wishy-washy. We can be here one day and, and there the next day. God wants us to be committed. Why? Because God is, uh, is our faith. God is the object of our faith. Uh, he, is, he is immovable. He is the eternal rock. The question is, are we committed to God's words? Word, excuse me. Or only to the blessings part of it? Do we culturalize the parts we do not agree with? Oh, are we notorious with that? Oh, that uh, Paul didn't know what he was talking about, men and women's roles in the church. Amen? Even though Paul says that he appealed to creation when he made these uh, 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 roles in the church of Jesus Christ. He appealed to creation. It wasn't a culturalized thing, brothers and sisters. It was a creation thing. Amen? Because they came from God. Or do we ignore what the word says about our tendencies? Do we take matters into our own hands? Or shoot from the hip? Or let our emotions dictate our decisions? Or do we, or do we go instead to the word of God? God's rest was ready since the foundations of the world like we read. However, as we know what happened in the foundations of the world in the creation, Adam and Eve rejected it. Because they felt they knew better. How many of us reject the word of God when it comes from the pulpit, when it comes in a podcast, when it comes into in our daily devotions? 
and we reject it. Why? Because it does not fit what we want to do, what we want to believe. So what happened to Adam and Eve? God vanished them from their place of rest. Hallelujah. From that wonderful Garden of Eden. God vanished them from that place of rest. So some in his church, and I include myself, please do not let the pulpit fool you, brothers and sisters. As we say, as we say as leaders in the church, do not let the pulpit fool you. Amen. Some in his church are restless, wandering, confused, and live chaotic lives instead of an abundant life in Christ. Because just like Israel, they are not continually committed to God's world, word. As a, re, as a result, God holds back his rest from some of us. And I say some of us, brothers and sisters, because I know this, brothers and sisters, amen, that are committed to the Lord. That even though they probably don't know uh, uh, the, the books of the Bible in order, maybe they don't know uh, certain uh, um, secondary doctrines or maybe uh, uh, don't have a huge background in Sunday school, but they trust what the Word of God says. Amen? Because sometimes, brother, what's the use of us having all this knowledge of the Word of God, which is awesome, and I love it, brothers and sisters. But yet our relationship with, with God is skin deep. And you know what, brothers and sisters? Not only does God know... God knows our relationship with him is, is skin deep, but the devil knows that too. Hallelujah. But our prayer today is that as we go to the word of God, as we let the word of God um, fix our belief, our death in our relationship with, with Christ starts getting deep. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 in the New King James Version says, Now he could do no mighty work there, and that's Jesus Christ, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. You see, our God is all-powerful. Jesus Christ being God is all-powerful. However, the unbelief of the people kept them from doing mighty works. What mighty work God cannot perform in our lives due to, our, to the first obstacle to finding rest, unbelief. And disobedience to his word. You see, brothers and sisters, our salvation is secure. Hallelujah. Thanks for that, right? Amen. Our salvation is secure. It's not dependent on us. It's dependent on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For, again, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. However, the Lord wants us to live a victorious life. It's not enough. Yes, salvation is great, but that's just the beginning. Hallelujah. God wants us to live a victorious life that comes when we believe and obey his word wholeheartedly. Amen. Go back to verse 4. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. So the first obstacle is unbelief. Now the second ob obstacle is disobedience. Paraphrasing what one commentator said, this doesn't mean that God took a nap. <laughs> it means he enjoyed his work, for he saw it was very good. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Israel's disobedience kept them from rest and enjoyment of the promised blessings. See, brothers, if faith in God's word will result in obedience, you cannot tell me that you, do, that you have faith in God's word and there is disobedience in your life. 
You see, brothers? And when faith in God's word results in obedience, what, what, then what happens, as this commentator says, his power flows. Amen? And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters. I need his power in my life. Hallelujah. I need his strength in my life daily. You see, brothers and sisters, we need God to show up in our lives daily. Whatever happened yesterday is long gone. And whatever happens going to happen tomorrow is none of my business. I need to trust the Lord today. I need him today. Amen. Like the psalmist says, his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, our prayer is that as you hear this word, that over this week, you will study this word. You will study these scriptures. You will meditate in them. Um, fathers, mothers, meditate these uh, wonderful passages with your children. Amen? And I know that the Lord will not be done speaking to you during this week in regards to, the, to this wonderful subject of finding rest in God's word. Verse 7 says, Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hallelujah. So what happens when this unbelief and disobedience in our heart in our hearts? Our hearts become hard. That's the third obstacle. Amen. Before our hearts get hardened, there's unbelief and disobedience. Hallelujah. But isn't this amazing? That the word of God says today. You see, brothers and sisters, it could change today. Hallelujah. Our God is a God of today. Amen? See, rest from trouble is still available regardless of how we have chosen to live our lives in Christ. Hallelujah. God's rest is available today. God lives in the eternal now. One commentary says, God is above and apart from time. Hallelujah. The word today, amen, has two, uh, makes two statements. Today means to make a decision now. And second, tomorrow is guaranteed to no one. Hallelujah. That's why the writer of Hebrews says today. Hallelujah. See, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what you did or didn't do yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did or didn't do earlier this morning. It's what you're going to do today, right now, right this minute. Because our God, our living God, lives in the eternal now. Hallelujah. Excuse me. I get excited, as you guys can see. <laughs> Amen? The warning the writer of Hebrews tells to Jewish Christians and to us today is, do not harden your heart to God's voice. You see, we allow our hearts to get hardened. Yes, we could pass the buck. We could blame the church. Excuse me, brothers and sisters. We could blame the church. We could blame our mom, our dad, our bosses. Amen? But we allow our hearts to get hardened because we let unbelief and disobedience enter our hearts. Amen? And in verse 8, excuse me, verse 8, yes, it says, For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. Amen? In Joshua 22, 4, God used Joshua, that mighty man of God, assistant to Moses, to give the Israelites rest. Amen? When they entered the promised land. However, when they became disobedient and unbelieving, equaling a heart and heart, the land vomited them out. And you'll find that in Leviticus 18, 27 to 30. You see, when we harden our hearts, amen, casualness comes in, lukewarmness comes in. And as we see that Israel, after all those battles, 
after all those obstacles in the wilderness in, in Egypt, they finally enter the promised land, but because again of the disobedience and their unbelief, the land vomited them out. Hallelujah. Lord, have mercy upon our souls that we today, amen, today could let God soften our hearts, that we will start obeying and believing that God means what he says. God means what he says. Verse 10 says, He who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. So the writer of Hebrews here includes now uh, he, capital H, he's talking about Jesus Christ. So not only God gives us rest, hallelujah, but the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, allows us to experience to all his people, to all those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. As we know, Jesus Christ also rested from the mission his Father sent to accomplish, to redeem humanity back to the Creator. Even Jesus Christ rested and is resting. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 in the, in the New Living Translation talks about Jesus as he rested. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. And again, I am reading from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Verse 2 says, For he was faithful to God who appointed him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because you were faithful. Hallelujah. Just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. Verse 3 says, But Jesus deserved far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserve more praise than the house itself. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, amen. As we obey and believe his word, the rest that God offers to his people is not earthly, as the Jews believe in an earthly kingdom, but eternal. Hallelujah. God's rest is eternal. Hallelujah. It begins here on earth when we um, uh, are saved. And as we hustle and bustle through this life here on earth, we receive that rest and ultimately fulfilled in heaven. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? That rest that God gives us when we come to him, when we allow his precious blood to wash us from our sins, as we accept his calling to serve him, that rest begins. But it continues. Amen. And, that's the, and I always say this, brothers and sisters, Christianity is the only religion that I know of that guarantees rest, strength, deliverance, power, not in the later, not in the past, but in the now. Hallelujah. Why? Because our God lives in an eternal now. Hallelujah. He's not bounded by time or by space. He is a God of the eternal now. Verse 11 says, going back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, Let's anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. You see here, the writer includes himself, brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? That the writer of Hebrews, this mighty man of God who we, we, uh, me, we really don't know who wrote it. Some, people, some, some say Paul, some say, some say Barnabas, some even say Apollos. We don't know. But one thing we do know is that whoever wrote this was a humble person, just like all the other writers of the Bible, because he includes himself. You see, brothers and sisters, Again, even as leaders, even as those who've been in the Lord a long time, we have to be careful 
that, that we will continue striving to enter in that rest daily. We all have to strive to enter the rest promised to God's people. Brothers and sisters, although promised, amen, since the foundation of the world that like we read, we must possess or lay hold of it daily through our decisions to draw near to God and his word, or if not, we drift away. Hallelujah. If we are not in the word of God daily, brothers and sisters, and I know what I'm talking about, we're not going to make it. We will drift away. I remember hearing a pastor saying, if you stop reading the word of God two weeks, you are done. It's difficult to come back. Those two weeks could be probably even a month or more for you to come back. And that's not God's heart for us. That's not God's heart for us. God wants to commune with us daily. The word of God says that in Genesis, God, his presence used to come, looking out to, co to commune with Adam and Eve. Isn't that amazing? A God that does not need anything from us. A God that owns everything, but yet he wants to commune with us. Hallelujah, on a daily basis. Amen? There is a clear warning to falling away through a lazy spiritual life. According to one commentary, spiritual laziness leads to disobedience. Amen? So we have to be careful because when we're lazy, amen, it leads to disobedience. Verse 12, amen, which is one of the, um, for me personally, amen, the whole, the whole word of God is amazing. This chapter is amazing. But I believe this is what, what, what many, uh, what many uh, uh, brothers and sisters believe is an awesome scripture of what the word of God does for those who are daily in it, for those who uh, are obedient to it, for those who are believing in God's word. Verse 12 says, for the word of God is living. Wow, that alone right there, we could spend about a couple of months just studying that part alone. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, we got to be careful what we're thinking about. We got to be careful, hallelujah, what agenda we bring to the Lord, amen? Because he discerned our thoughts and the intents of our, of our hearts. The word of God, brothers and sisters, sorts, sorts out what is spiritual and what is entirely human or soulish. The word of God exposes the flesh. Amen. I'm going to tell you one thing. You probably wouldn't want to hear your mom and dad. You probably wouldn't want to hear your accountability, accountability partner. Amen. But when we come to God, he's going to expose us. Amen. Why? Because he loves us. He doesn't want us to live a double-minded life. He doesn't want us to be, uh, 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 be tossed around by every wind of doctrine, brothers and sisters. He wants us to find his rest. But we know there's that internal battle of the flesh and the spirit in us. And that flesh wants to keep us, through disobedience and unbelief, from entering God's rest daily. We might sometimes think we are acting, sometimes we might be thinking we are acting spiritual. We put, we put stuff, like many of us say, we, we polish it, we put the, the, the shellac of Christianese on what we're doing. But God's word exposes or reveals our unfaithfulness to God and his word. When allowed in our life, this biblical surgery, hallelujah, like Pastor Reggie and I were talking the other day, that biblical surgery that comes to the word of God leads us to repentance and communion with the one, Jesus Christ, in whom we find our rest. Hallelujah. You see, brothers and sisters, I want God to do surgery in my life. And I'm sure you want God to do surgery in our life. Why? Because everything that God does for us is good. 
Hallelujah. Everything that God does with us, good, bad, or indifferent, is good. Hallelujah. And that's why we need him to mold us and shape us daily. Hallelujah. Verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Hallelujah. I would like to read uh, verse 13 in the New Living Translations, brothers and sisters, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable, brothers and sisters. Enough of us comparing ourselves to one another. Enough of us trying to be accountable to our friends, to our Facebook group, to our Instagram following, to our Snapchat following, amen? All these things are good, or to what people think in our job and our workplace, amen? Uh, the, our accountability has to be from the Lord, amen? Even Paul says, uh, I cannot be a man pleaser, I'm paraphrasing. I need to please the one who called me, amen? And our accountability, brothers and sisters, comes from the Lord, amen? Um, there comes a time, brothers and sisters, as we uh, start um, um, uh, enjoying that peace of God, enjoying that rest of God, that we don't care what people uh, care about us, not in a in an arrogant or prideful way, but we are, uh, that, uh, that we know that we know that the God that we are pleasing, amen, is able to give us all that we need, amen? Our, our, um, Identity is in him. What he thinks about marriages is in him. What he thinks about finances is in him. Amen. What he thinks about roles in society, our roles in, in at home and workplace is in him. When we, we are moving in this word daily, amen, he holds us accountable. How many times have we, and I've seen this a lot during this week, brothers and sisters, I want to get cranky. I want to get upset because many people come last minute to come to my job for testing. And I get all wild up because I want to go to church. But God holds me accountable, amen? And he reminds me, amen? Ray, relax. It's going to be okay. But you have a job to do. Even as parents, amen? How many times we get all riled up and that still small voice of the Lord holds us accountable, tells us what to do, what battles to uh, battle, what, bat uh, what battles uh, for us not to fight, amen? It is God that leads our life. Our wonderful brother, Warren Wisby, a mighty man of God, he's known as the pastor's pastor. Amen? It says, God uses the word to enable us to see the sin and unbelief in our own hearts. The word exposes our hearts. And then if we trust God, the word enables our hearts to obey God and claim his promises. This is why each believer should be diligent to apply himself to hear and heed, the, heed God's word. In the word of God, in, in the word we see God, and we also see how God sees us. We see our, ourselves as we really are. The experience, this experience enables us to be honest with God, to trust His will, and to obey Him. Amen. Isn't that wonderful, brothers and sisters? As we believe God's word as we um, are obedient to his word, this experience enables us to trust him and to obey him, to be honest with God, amen? And our prayer for you today is that if you have heard God's voice today, and I'm sure God is speaking to many of us just, just like he did to me as I prepare this, 
If you have heard his voice today, do not harden your hearts. Brothers and sisters, in these days, we cannot harden our hearts. We cannot be called wanting. God is looking for, for, uh, for his followers to be solid, to be uh, sure-footed on the rock of ages, who is Jesus Christ. And we can no longer let disobedience and unbelief keep us from the rest he has for us. You see, brothers and sisters, because when our children see rest in us, when our uh, fellow brothers and sisters see rest in us, when our co-worker sees rest in, in us, when um, our neighbors see rest in us, they're going to want to find out where we got that rest. And right there in those divine appointments, right there in those relationships that we have with these wonderful um, people, amen, we could share that our rest comes from the word of God. That our rest comes from, from what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Our rest comes with what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts. Amen. So I would like to pray for all of us today. Amen. If you if, if this word has touched you, like, like the writer of Hebrews says, today is the day of decision. Forget about what you did earlier. Don't let the enemy steal your blessing. Don't let the enemy say, say oh, you're starting again. This is all nonsense. No. Today is the day to believe. Today is the day to make the decision to be obedient and to believe God's word wholeheartedly so you can find that rest. Remember, brothers and sisters, tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. And again, I would like to reiterate, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, for those who are being sanctified daily by the Holy Spirit, your salvation is secure. However, many of us, even though we know our salvation is secure, we have to be honest with ourselves. We are struggling. Anything shapes us. Anything moves us. Whatever our friends tell us, we listen. Whatever our feelings tell us, we do. Today is the day to end those things. Today is the day to let God do surgery in our hearts. To let God, amen, hallelujah, allow us to believe and obey his words. I'm believing for soft in hearts today. I'm believing for God to do that surgery in our hearts, amen, so we could uh, come out of this wonderful um, preaching, amen, Victorious. God wants us to live the abundant life, brothers and sisters. God wants us to live rightfully before him, but it's up to us. Remember, today is the day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, O oh God, for your word. Thank you, O oh God, because your wonderful word, O oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, if we simply obey, O oh God, and believe, O oh God, we will find that rest. That rest, oh God, that Adam and Eve rejected. That rest, oh God, that uh, Israel rejected. Amen? And even sometimes uh, some of us reject because of our unbelief and disobedience. But thank God for those who did believe. Thank God for those who do obey, oh God. They will find that rest, oh God. Look at how much the disciples went through. Look how much the prophets went through, oh God. But they had their rest, hallelujah. They had that assurance, oh God, that if they obey your word and believe your word, hallelujah, you will somehow, oh God, uh, work miracles, oh God. So we ask of you, Lord Jesus, that if we are keeping those mighty works, oh God, that you want to perform in our, in our hearts because of our unbelief, oh God, and disobedience, oh God, forgive us, oh Jesus. Forgive us, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. We, we pray, oh God, that you will hold us, oh Father. You love us so much, oh Lord. Like many of us have said here, oh God, that that velvet glove of your wonderful hand, oh God, shape us and mold us, oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, that even at times when we try to resist that molding, hallelujah, that your Holy Spirit will come, oh God, and secure us, oh God, 
that is for our own good, Lord Father. We have chosen to trust you, Lord Jesus. We are chosen today, Lord God, to believe and obey your word, Lord God. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we are believing for testimonies, Lord God. We are believing for parents, Lord God, to speak to their children about what they have learned today. We are praying, Lord God, for us who go back to the workplace, oh God, as you divinely ordain, oh God, we will speak to others about finding rest in you, oh God. We are believing, oh God, for that rest to be in our church, oh God, our universal church, oh Jesus, that the power of disobedience, oh God, and unbelief will be broken today in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, oh God, because when the truth comes into our heart, oh God, fear has to flee, oh God, or anxiety has to flee, oh Jesus, all these things have to flee. Why, Lord God? Because that word, hallelujah, is a double-edged sword, oh God. And it penetrates our hearts, oh God. Simply because you love us, oh God. And you do not want to keep us this way. Simply because you love us and you want to mold us and shape us to that wonderful image of your son, Jesus Christ, oh God. And we give you thanks. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ and your church says, amen.